Yeah, it's your boy Ray Ray on the mic. Let's go. Mic check, mic check. Welcome to On the Mic with Ray White, where we share life lessons, encourage self-reflection, and equip you to take action. My name is Ray White, and I am juiced that you're taking time to listen to this episode today. In this episode, I'm so excited, y'all. It's another fire interview for you. Lamar Griffin, college friend of mine, hops onto the podcast, and he does a phenomenal job sharing his story from a college athlete all the way to become a photographer and videographer for professional athletes. It's just a dope creator who's putting some dope stuff out into community, into the world, not only for today, but for his legacy as well, his family, his, his identity, his ethnicity, everything. He's just put some dope stuff out there, and I'm excited to have his story shared on the podcast. A quick disclaimer, though. This episode was recorded, fiery interview, is still fire. <laughs> Shortly after this recording, my external hard drive uh, died on me, and I lost my side of the recording. Luckily, because Lamar is a creator, he had a backup on his end that he was able to share with me, and I'm utilizing that as the uh, precursor for this particular episode so you're gonna hear it it may sound very distant just because of the way that the mics were set up but i hope that you still get to grasp lamar's story how he went through various trials and triumphs to get to the position that he is today and be able to capture a lot of the gems that he drops on how to just be an entrepreneur and how to navigate the unknowns of of a transition and how to just even be your true authentic self in a space where you're not as represented as the other identities are in. It's, it's a dope interview, man. And what this set this up for me is that we're gonna get Lamar back on the podcast because there's a lot more that we didn't get a chance to discuss, but at least you get a chance to hear his story, you get to hear his heart and why he is stepping into the spaces and being the one creating in a world where you get to create. So this is gonna be a dope interview. I'll be sure to drop Lamar's information in the show notes and you can be able to follow him on IG and follow his dope work that's been out to the world. But without further ado, let's dive into this episode titled, Let's Talk More Do, featuring Lamar Griffin. So, man, that's that's a great question. For me, I always ask that question because the people on my podcast, and same with yourself and probably your listeners as well, the difference, I think, for me and, you know, the reason I asked the guest between a dream and a goal is a dream is something that can't happen. You can't, when you, when you have a dream and you wake up, you don't, you have to put tangible steps in place for you to be able to reach whatever your dream is. My dream was playing in the NFL. That was a dream. I so and then I set a goal. Okay, if I go to college, you know, maybe I play good enough in college, then I get lucky enough to get drafted. None of that came to fruition. It didn't work. I'm like, okay, well I still want to be involved in the NFL. What if I, you know, just create? The goal was to, you know, start at the youth level, get better with the camera, meet the right people, make the connections. These were steps that I could actually take to get to where I was trying to go. So I think that's the biggest difference between a dream and a goal. A dream is it's not real. A kid's dream, my daughter's dream, your your kid's dream. That when you wake up, that's over. A goal is something that you can put on your wall and look at it every single day and go after it. So I think that that's my take on it is the you know the dream versus the goal. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, it dives deep into just uh, hey, who are you? What do you do? But you know, it gets to really the psyche of the individual, and even for them. Uh, just an opportunity to hear what are some of their goals, how are they striving to them, and even how they even got to that point based upon the goals that they set versus just, you know, like you said, oh, I want to be an NFL player one day, and then you just woke up and be an NFL player. That's not really how life works. <laughs> well, that, and so, I, so that being one of your dreams, you know, obviously the connection point that we had was a uh, college at Willamette, but you didn't start at Willamette. That wasn't your first college that you yeah. went to. How do, tell me about your college journey. Like, how did you... The, the time before Willamette, how did you get to that point? Okay, yeah, so my backstory, man, and for the for the younger, anyone younger out there listening to high school, uh, just take school serious, man. School is, it's a fun time. High school, now I look back on it, it's easy. If I would have just applied myself just a little bit more, I probably could have been a straight-A student. But I didn't, so I ended up going to junior college, which was a blessing in disguise. That's where I would meet my wife. 
Um, so went to junior college. That's when I realized, okay, these guys at my junior college, about four or five dudes went to the NFL that played with me and like, I'm going against them. I'm like, I'm good, Ray, but man, these dudes, they touched by God. I don't know if the listeners, I don't know if y'all, I don't know what y'all believe in, but these boys was touched by, like, it takes a different type of guy. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make it to the NFL. Barack Obama also becomes president, which encourages me to run for student government president. I wasn't involved in, like, politics. I didn't, like, have anything to do with it. I just saw Obama do it, and someone said, hey, Lamar, you should do it. I became the student government president of an entire university off of just seeing what Obama did. Then that made me start to, you know, want to get my grades better. I finished junior college with like a 3-6. I think <laughs> I finished high school with like a 2-2. And that was, you know, you, you guys you guys definitely should laugh at me. But I just didn't try in high school, which is why I went to junior college. So, you know, finishing junior college with a 3-6 was awesome. And then I could have went to a lot of different schools, but my wife was getting recruited by Willamette school that I think I thought I had no business getting into was really happy I got into uh, didn't end how I wanted to end but I made a lot of connections there I got to play football there I scored one touchdown so you know going to junior college and you know getting to go to Willamette and meet people like you and I still talk to you know a handful of people from Willamette some of those connections that I've made so it was high school Arizona Western College which doesn't even have a football program anymore the football program's gone then Willamette and then some things happened at Willamette, and then I graduated from Western Oregon University. So, yeah, man, I've, I've had quite quite the college journey. <laughs> hey, man, I, I just love the fact how, again, you saw something that inspired you to take action in it, such as running for student government president, <laughs> and, and, and you got it, man. I mean, that doesn't surprise me just because I know how charismatic you are uh, and genuine you are, too. So it's not like you're just putting on a show. Like, no, you truly care about people and you care about seeing people succeed and do well i mean all through your life you've done that so it's just awesome that that one trigger sparked you to say i could do that too <laughs> ray we didn't have we didn't have wi-fi in the dorms that was my biggest thing as president like i put wi-fi in the dorms that we stayed in until this day people look like on facebook like bro remember when you got the wi-fi and we were just so happy like i was like in a room full of you know adults i never done this i'm like you know, I think we should have Wi-Fi because we're college students and we kind of need Wi-Fi. We all pay money like we're in the dorms. Like, I don't see I, see, I don't know how we don't have this. You know, you know, of course, I was the only one. But, you know, a couple months later, there's Wi-Fi in all the dorms and everyone's just like, bro. And it's like to do something like that and go back to that school today. I'm like, hey, I wouldn't have Wi-Fi if it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what you just did. Man. It's crazy, man. Hey, and uh, so yeah, so your time at Willamette, which shout out to the One Touchdown Club, I'm there with you on that one. Uh, <laughs> One's better right. than none, right? You feel me? <laughs> oh, bro, I'm on the stat book somewhere. We on the stat book somewhere. <laughs> Willamette University, which I, 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 in a little bit, I say actually a lot of that of just that no business being there, but we, yeah, we found our way there, right? We, we got there, we made the most of it. Let's talk a little bit about some of the creative aspects that you were doing on campus. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you you freestyle like no other. <laughs> uh, you know, you had you dropped a mixtape, you you know, performing in Willapalooza, you're doing all kinds of things. Where did this creativity come from? Like, what was what is what inspires you to be creative? Why? Just yeah, tell me a little bit about that inspiration. I, man, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Man, I don't even. I'm from Florida, so you know I music always influenced like you know everything just listening to music before football games before basketball games before track meets just music kind of always got me into this like you know zone so freestyling was just something we always did something I always did with my boys like we would always just freestyle all the time so making music just became like normal like one of my buddies that I work in the NFL with his name is James he produced my music and now we both work in the NFL together and like we we started as freelance now we're both in the NFL and like it all started from like us meeting each other and just making music. So like just that creative spark, like I've just always been making like just wanting to have that creative outlet and music was it. <laughs> that's what's up. Hey man, go for it. I mean, you know, and I, I think that's a, a similar trait that I see often is you just go for it. You go do it. You, you, you see it. It's intriguing. You don't know where it comes from, but you have that inkling and passion just to make it happen. And while I doing that, again, it, it helps build up the environment, build up the culture, the people around you. 
and it continues to leave legacies in that way, man. So that's dope. As you stated, which, you know, with the good comes to bad, you made a comment about how your transition out of Willamette wasn't so sweet. Yeah. Um, what happened there, man? Like, tell me, man, tell me a bit. Listen, I, uh, I'm, so my podcast, Let's Talk More Do, is based off of, let me, my little chain, just trying to hide, let me pull the little chain hey. back out. <laughs> right, you know I'm a clown, man. So my podcast is based off of a book that I've been writing for like four years, but you know, I'm, I'm just chugging at it, chugging at it, let's talk more do. I'm not talking about it, just working on it. But I talk about this in the book. So I pretty much, the story is I made two consecutive D's in Spanish. So I made a D, I got put on probation. They said, don't, you know, get your grades up. I didn't get it up, Spanish was hard for me. Uh, I could apply myself more, but you know, I, I didn't get the grade up. I make another D, they're like, we're kicking you out of school. I'm like, okay, this can't be it. And the rest of my grades were decent. They weren't like, you know, they weren't A's, but I wasn't failing any other classes other than Spanish. Long story short, I go into the meeting that I'm, you know, the meeting that I have to have not to get kicked out of school. My advisor calls me, and this is probably one of the best parts of my book, uh, rest in peace. My advisor calls me, hey, Lamar, everything's going to be all right. Tomorrow we got the meeting. Um, I'm getting choked up even talking about it. We're going to figure this out. My advisor died that same night. He had a heart attack. Wow. Yeah. So my advisor will lame it. Uh, so, you know, I go into that meeting with, I think, I don't even know like what happened, but just the, the guy that had done all the work to keep me in at, at the university, the only, like the guy that believed in me, talked to me every day. Like he knew why I was failing Spanish. He knew that I wasn't trying and he knew that he could get me to try, which he could have if, you know, things went differently. But yeah, I mean, long story short, I, I end up getting uh, kicked out of school, which I mean, you can't, I guess you, you can't fail to, you can't fail. I mean, that's, I, I get where they were coming from, but I, I think I should have been given another chance. But with the guy that was going to fight and battle for me, literally dying, rest in peace, that was just a super tough situation for me. And, you know, within a week, I, did, I just, it happened and I was like, okay, well, I got to finish school. Like within a week, I was in another university. Like it, like I got kicked out and then I was like, all right, well. I'm just going to go to the next school. And then I, I was enrolled in school. I didn't play football. They wanted me to play football. I was like, it's just time to focus. So I, I just ended my football career, which I could have played Division II football at Western Oregon, where I graduated from. But I was like, it's just time to work. It's just time to focus on and, you know, figure out what's next. You, at some time, I, like I tell kids, football has to end at some time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dang. Yeah. Well, that's wild, though, right? <laughs> hey, quick pause, man. But, yeah, that that's hard to hear and for your advisor to be in that, you know, him, his family, all that, definitely pray yourself for that, man, and rest in peace to him. As you stated, you had the opportunity to play again, but decided not, decided against it because it's time to focus. Was that a difficult decision to make, or was that something that you yeah. always processed and knew that the, it, the time is going to come, when it comes, I'm going to be ready, but was that a difficult decision? You know, it really was, man, you're asking me so many good questions, dude. I, like, no one asked me, like, this is... It was, because I've never talked about this, like, it was, it was just, I mean, still to this day, I, like, I don't want to say I regret it, but it was like, I knew it was time, right? It's like, okay, school, school matters. Like, you know, I need to get this degree, like, side note, I, I got the degree, but I haven't done anything with it, but it was just, just the, the fact, I need to get this degree, I need to finish school. And, and it was more, it was for my advisor, it was from, you know, for my wife that I have now, for my daughter, like, I need to finish school. And I could have done that with playing football, but my, the way I am, I'm like, okay, I need to focus. And if I'm playing football, I'm going to focus on football. That's just where I was at. That's just how Florida made me. Like, and I, there's no one to blame. Like, I, I know what school is. I know what school means. But if I'm playing football, I'm 100% football and like 2% school. Or, you know, like, that, that's just where my mindset was. So I knew in order for me to succeed in school, I couldn't play football. Yeah, man. So I, I guess <laughs> I'm digging only because a lot of what you went through is what I went through, right? Wow. So failing school or failing classes, I've done that all <laughs> 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 your way back, right? Like that, that I definitely feel that moment. And then even the decision to not play again or not play at your college career, you know, that football's going to be at that point forever over. Like I remember sitting in the car, uh, I don't, know, I don't know who I was talking to, but I was sitting in the car thinking like, I gotta do this. I gotta make the decision because I'm heading into my senior year. Actually, I was coming off an injury and I realized football is not forever. And so 
what is life after college? <laughs> I, I What's football. life after football, man? Even even just hearing you say that, like pro- processing that, like not being able to play football is for someone like I mean, I feel like you're in the same situation as me. You when, when you start playing football when you're what? Oh, like six. Same, you know, six, seven. So like playing football, literally your whole entire life, being like, okay, I'm not gonna do this anymore. Is like, it's 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 like traumatizing. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It is, and it's not to say too, like to the students who are in the same, you know, who may be in their high school season, college season. It's not time to tell them like you need to only, you need to have that thought that football's going to end right now. It's like, no, enjoy the enjoy the ride. Oh yeah, you know, enjoy the fact that you're in it because you have the ability to do it. There, but there will come a point where you have to consider what is like after football, and and just having your culture, having your team, having your, your community to help you process that will just help you on the other side to where, because um, oh, on the flip side of that is cause you could lose your identity in it, which I know I have. I'm oh, sure you de- are, definitely. Right? And and then, try to, and then try to continue to find that feeling again of, hey, I, I got this feeling on the field. Where else can I get that same feeling? Like either back on the field or in another competitive sport. You just sport hit it. Or, oh, man. <laughs> so. You just hit it on the head, man. Trying to find that feeling, and even and even that, like trying to replace the feeling of the running out on the field with you, Jose, Jameer, Shotgun, Maddie. Like I mean, that feeling. Like I've gotten close to it, but I mean, it's just, and and I and it, you can find it in other places, but I've gotten close to it. I haven't gotten that same that same rush, man. <laughs> right. Ah. Uh. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, man. That transition's hard. <laughs> that transition's hard. But obviously, you made it. You did the transition. You graduated. You moved on. Same um, with you, man. Same with you. Hey, man. But then, you know, it's something we talked about in the off, off, off air one time is that now what? You know, like, like what, what, what do I do what, now? You graduated, you moved on. I was actually, I remember seeing the photo. Uh, we were at your graduation. So yeah, we and I appreciate you guys. Yeah, man, y'all came down and support me. That was love. I had like seven people there for me, you know, like five of my teammates, my mom, and this shit. Like, that was love, dude. Out there, you out there. Did you know what was going to be next for you once you graduated from Western? What, I, what was it? I mean, I didn't. I, I, didn't, I did not know. I, I just knew I was ready for whatever. I, I just wanted to try to put myself in like, I, I was applying for jobs like anything like you know any, I knew I wanted to work with kids I just knew I wanted to do somewhere I could just be with the youth kind of vibing and grooving and like that might sound you know strange to someone on the air but it's like I just want to be in a spot to impact kids but I didn't want to be a teacher not saying I don't think I can be I just I'm like I'm just I'm just not I'm not going to be a math teacher or, or a history teacher not to take anything away from that profession I just knew that wasn't for me I just wanted to be around kids and have fun with them. I'm like, well, what's the closest thing to that? And I end up being an intramural teacher at a high school. So like, I literally just had fun with kids all day. It was like, and I was getting paid for it, right? It was crazy. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. It was so, awesome. I know, and, and for listeners, we didn't, we didn't really catch this, but uh, so to track from a geography perspective, you went from Florida to Arizona to Oregon. <laughs> when you took that uh, job of, um, the intramural coach was that still here in Oregon? Yeah, it was at or is that it was at Douglas McKay High School. Okay, so you're at McKay, you do your thing, you're hanging out with kids, you know, having fun, playing sports with them. But I know that there's that transition of you moving to Denver. Mm-hmm. What was that process like? So, like, how was that going for you moving? From it was Denver? hard, man. It was it was it was one of the hardest things I had to do in my life. All my friends were in Oregon. I had worked at Nike. Like, I really didn't want to leave Nike. I got all this Nike stuff. But my wife is from Denver and, you know, like she explained to me, my wife is literally hands down one of the smartest people I know. And I think one of the smartest people in the world. And I'm not just saying that because she's my wife. Like she got an A on her thesis at Willamette. Like I, I met like a handful of people at the school who did that. And it's a school full of super smart people. But she was like, our life will be better in Denver. Like the opportunities that you will have in Denver. And I had a lot of good opportunities in Oregon, but the ones that I would have in Denver, would definitely, you know, it triple when we went there. But I didn't know that. I didn't want to leave. Like we literally were fighting about wanting to move from uh, Oregon to Denver because I didn't want to go. And I mean, that was even when I got to Denver for like the first year. I'm like, I just, want, I just miss Oregon. I want to go back. Me and Adrian were trying to plot how I would come back. Like it was, I'm just like, yo, how do, like, how do I come back? But it, she was right. Like the opportunities that I was able to get from to be, to be true from being uh, black and educated 
I mean, some of those opportunities, I, I know sometimes people, you know, have this notion that, um, not even notion, we're not, as black men, some, we're not treated fairly in a lot of arenas. But there's also a little flip side to that where if you walk into a room and you know how to maneuver in that room, I think Jay-Z said this, you can really, you can do some things. And that, that was the case for me in a lot of situations. That's true, that's true. Hey, again. <laughs> right there with you, <laughs> you know, like i like I, the listeners like i want y'all to feel me man it's a it's definitely there's some things that aren't wrong but there's also some advantages to to being able to just have a conversation with someone and just see them and you know listen to them and, and talk to them and also being educated you know going to willamette helped me out then you know going to western you know I just all every, my whole story every little piece of it kind of led me to be to you know where, where i would go yeah so what was that first not necessarily first break, but that first notion where you said you were a year in, you were plotting how to get out, but you but you found opportunities because of your identity as well as your personality. What was that first opportunity that really helped change the corner? It's like, you know what, they were they were all right. Like I'm seeing some things, things are happening. What was it? It's probably it, I I took a job with the Denver Nuggets. Probably I want to say it was like the intramural coordinator job. What I did at McKay, like I was creating games and creating structure for kids to do things i pretty much got the same job with the denver nuggets with the nba team i'm a football player i was decent at basketball you know in high school um i would go on to like you learn how to play basketball but like getting that job with the nuggets was like wait i'm working for a professional team in a great city like if i can do this now and this i was way younger i'm like if i can do this now what's five years look like and i don't want to act like i don't want the, the guests listening i don't i didn't have it figured out but I, I always think ahead though. I'm like, man, if it can, be, if this is what it is now, five years from now, I'm, you know, I might be able. To, I don't, I didn't know what I could do, but I knew it'd be better than what I was doing currently. And I'm like, working for the NBA is a pretty cool job. So that's when it kind of clicked for me. Like, my wife was right, Dora was right. Like, these opportunities are, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to work for the Portland Trailblazers, Portland Trailblazers in Oregon because we didn't even live in Portland. So that wouldn't have been an opportunity I could have gotten. <laughs> That's true. Yes, the opportunities, and I, I love that. You know, because of where you are, there are tremendous opportunities there. You know, so like you bloom where you planted. I've heard that phrase utilized a lot, and, like and even the transition and thought process of flipping your mind to be like, you know what, it's not so bad here. Because I know that's probably half what happened. Right? I always oh, have yeah. to. <laughs> you, know, you resist, you resist, and then you take a step back and be like, okay. I'm here now. What do I got to do? And then when you start opening your yourself up to those opportunities, or your mind, open your mind to that opportunity, start opening, and then which got you this, hopefully got you the position at the Nuggets, which is dope. And it sounded like that opened your eyes to just the world of basketball. Like you already knew about it, but the organization aspect of it, the people aspect of it, um, even just the ability to help train and coordinate and and, and provide some um, development skills for both the. Uh, personal as well as professional and, and a player standpoint, which I think that's where Grand Time Hoops yeah. started, started happening, right? So that's, tell me a little bit about that. Like your first, because that, is that your first entrepreneurial start? Yeah, that was, that was my first business. I'm on my second one now. Grind Time Hoops was my first business. And I was, I was always afraid to do it because I'm like, I didn't play basketball. So I'm like, how am I going to get to a level to be able to train some of the best basketball players in the world? And I didn't do it at the highest level. Like at least with football, I played at the collegiate level. I played my whole life. I knew the game inside and out. I'm like, okay. Well, with basketball, that wasn't the case. But I'm an athlete. I like to think I'm a pretty good athlete. So I learned basketball from an athlete standpoint, taught myself the things I was teaching the players. And then, I mean, after a year, I, I was a pretty solid player, pretty solid coach. And I did grind time hoops. And I'm still some, I still work with some of the top players in, in the nation. I got to work with some of the top WNBA players like in the league. And this was at a time like right now, 2021, training WNBA players is cool. It's something that all these top trainers want to do. When I was doing it, you can go on YouTube and search videos. I was training the best female basketball players in the world when no one wanted to do it. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world because they were so much better than me, but they were also willing to take the information that I had to make them better. And you know, I was giving them, and, it was, and I'm speed, I'm more so speed and dribbling. I wasn't teaching them how to shoot. I wasn't teaching them anything they didn't know, but it was just the constant work, the constant grind. And the women players always appreciated that. And I just love that about, and you know, getting to work with some of the top WNBA players in the world, 
that's something that like I will always be like forever proud of. That's dope. That is dope. It's crazy. And oh, that's so <laughs> sick. How did you? Because you uh, something you said about that point of just you didn't play basketball, but you felt that you could still teach and help somebody get to the next level. While you were in that state, like talk about just the mindset of that. Of, of did you ever feel like you were an imposter coaching somebody about basketball? Oh, yeah. How did you work through that? Yeah, and, and you the word is so right, like imposter, because I'm like, I'm training in Denver, right? And the trainers here, all these dudes played college basketball. Some of them were pro. So my competition is guys that could probably beat me one-on-one. Now, when it comes to like my grind, like my athleticism, I'm gonna hang with anybody just off of being, like I'm just an athlete. I like to think I'm a decent athlete. So when I was learning the game of basketball, I took the mindset of it that I take with everything. I was watching videos up until 4 a.m. I was practicing all these moves. Like you could ask my wife, she would wake up at five o'clock like, what are you doing? And I'm just watching, I, I watched Damian Lillard's uh, combine workout video probably a thousand times I took everything his trainer was doing. No, like, I'm not even like holding it back. I, I took everything Damian Lillard and his trainer did. I took that and I did that for a month until I perfected it. Then I started to make my own style off of what Damian and his trainer was doing. And, and it just kept growing and I kept, and I was getting better at dribbling. I was getting faster and then I started making new drills, but I just kept learning. And even to this day, I just keep anything new that I see, I'm like, okay, that's, okay, this is, this is how we're attacking the rim. All right, and of course, I'm teaching it. The players that I'm coaching, most of them, they're phenomenal. They're better than me. They're better athletes. They're better like that. So me showing them, they're gonna be able to do it. And I'm like, I couldn't even remotely do it like that. But if I just give them that knowledge, they're gonna take it and run with it. But man, there were so many times where I'm like, should I be coaching basketball? And I, I would go on to coach a team and you know have a team. And all of my boys, like this was, I think, man, four or five years ago, most of the boys that I coached on that team are literally some of the top players in the entire like state right now. <laughs> and it's cra- I had them in like seventh grade, and now it's like they're all about to go to college, and it's like I still talk to them, like I still have that relationship with them. And I'm like, this is so cool, and they, and they always knew Coach Lamar played football. He didn't play basketball, like they would play with me, but they still respected me as a coach, knowing that I was a football player teaching them how to play basketball. So it was always I just really loved like the the reception that I got from people, but. There was a million times where I was like, should I be doing this? But when it came down to it, I was it, coaching basketball is helping people. Coaching anything is helping people. I was just helping them get to where they were going. Ah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. And that and that you you weren't putting on a front, you're authentic, but yeah, you saw a new angle that could still be, like you said, helping people in coaching, regardless of what it is, you're still helping people. And then you didn't just rely on just the athleticism to help carry forward. You studied the craft. Had to. And it, the craft to a point to where you say, okay, I can modify that to make it my own, but yet still, uh, you know, not put on the front like I'm a basketball player. It's like, no, I'm still, I'm still a football player. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can learn and I can coach and I can help coach you to get to that next step, though. That's, that's sick. That's good. That's a good mindset there, especially for those who, you know, more so I'm talking to myself now. <laughs> You've been, there's been areas and spaces where we've been there before, and if we could just tap into that mindset and that perspective, we can see how that lens can shape into new context, and that utilize that. Not and again, not say like, hey, I'm not gonna be. I'm not saying I am this person, or you know, I'm I'm this type of a leader, or I'm this type of a player. Um, I have my background, but I can use this background to help you here to get to your next level. And that's dope, man. I, I, I that's sick that you took a step into that. Um, it was and dope. so, you, so it happened again, obviously, <laughs> with <laughs> Lamar Griffin film, <laughs> that which is which is crazy because we again okay, we talked about this off air as well, just like of that piece. But I would love, I would love to hear like what made you decide to pick up a camera. Uh, the basketball. So I was paying. So once I got to a certain level, like I'm training, you know, uh, Tiffany Hayes, WNBA All Star, Brianna Stewart, um, not Brianna Stewart. Uh, Goddamn name, Bria Hartley. I don't know why I said they. They both play for UConn. Bria mm-hmm. Hartley, Tiffany Hayes, uh, Kayla McBride, uh, Tamara Young, who played at the same high school as Jordan. Tamara's. I mean, I'm training these top players. And I'm like, I need to get footage of this, like. And this was a time where like content was starting to be like kind of, but it wasn't where it is now. Like you didn't need to film everything, which I mean, I guess you still don't, but like 
I was paying this guy so much money and he was doing so good. But I was like, I can't keep paying this dude. I was paying $800 for a video. And I'm just like, I was barely making $800. But he was like a real professional. So it, like, it wasn't like, you could probably pay someone now like 400 or 200 and they could do good. But like back then, he was like the top guy. And I'm like, okay, I got the top players. I can't be cheap and skip out on this. But I mean, you 800 times four, like I'm starting to get like way up here. I'm like, I'm gonna try to do this myself. I had always loved messing around with cameras. So I just started doing it, and that's what really sparked it. And I was like, this is fun. I'm just filming basketball players, and I'm like, this is really fun. It's the closest thing I could get to playing other than coaching is just seeing the game with the camera, and I was like, this is cool. And that that opened the door for everything. <laughs> that's dope, man. Hey, <laughs> out of necessity, it's like, hey, I can't keep paying for this. I got to figure this out. I got I got to get this one. I got to figure this one out, man. And the, the guy was awesome, but I was just like, yo, listen, man, I can't do it no more. I'm about to go broke. <laughs> can't do it. So then, so then you take to you take the steps to move to uh, doing more filming, more 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 photography, things of that nature. But I have a feeling that there had to come a point where you could do both at the same time. Grind time hoops, Lamar Griffin films. When was the decision point where you say, you know what, I gotta I gotta more so focus on the new thing and let this old thing go? Like talk about that that transition. It kind of worked out perfect because those, those boys I was telling you about and a lot of my players, I, I've been with them, most of my players from seventh grade, and now most of those players I coach are either juniors or seniors. So it was like all the players that I had been working with and, and developed this relationship and helped them grow, they didn't they didn't need me anymore. So it was just, for me, I was like, okay, this, this kid's going to college, he's going to college. All my girls, they went to college. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I can step into this role and it was more, mostly for the kids because I was doing things with players, but pro players, you know, they didn't, they're pro. They're going to train with a million different people. So for me, when I knew that my, my kids were going to be all right, my players, the, the, the people that I was coaching, it was like super easy to be able to transition into Lamar Griffin Films, which that was more terrifying than coaching basketball because it's super expensive to do video and photography. Most people pick one. They either do video or photography. You know me, I figured I had to master both. Like, <laughs> like literally, like I, I always used to figure, I always used to wonder, Ray, how do I call myself a professional photographer? I used to Google it, like, and now, and now I'm literally a professional photographer and I'm a professional videographer, and you could put me in two different categories and throw me in there anywhere, and I could do like the highest of the top level of any like kind of shoot in any any situation. <laughs> awesome. Hey, if anybody will figure it out, Lamar will figure it out. Man, Google, Google and YouTube, man. If you listen to this podcast and you don't know how to do it, man, Google it. Someone's probably teaching it for free right now. For real, though, for real. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate that. That's like, you know, one as out of the many staples of who you are. Like that is definitely one of them of somebody who is like, you know, I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah, I'm not gonna dwell on it too long. Obviously, I feel it; it affects me, but I'm gonna take a step forward and. You know, similar to how you got to college and how you moved to Denver and then just picking up the different entrepreneurial uh, ventures. It's like, hey, I'm going to figure it out. I, I see a need. I have a passion for this place and a passion for this game. And I know that there's an opportunity here. I'm going to make it work. And it, it's paying off well. Just the fact of you having that grind, having that tenacity, using that athlete mentality, right? To yeah. step into space um, is continuing to show a lot of just growth and lesson for you and your family which is dope man i appreciate um, it man and my and to touch on that like something you just said sparked me to what my wife told me or not even know what my wife told me but like kind of like the mantra well no it is what yeah it is what dora said she was like it takes 10 years to become an overnight success i'm seven years in like like so i mean and like it is what you just said too like it's starting to pay off but i'm still nowhere near like that pay wise i'm still nowhere near where like the top guys get paid I'm starting to get there. I get paid very well, but like, once you get to that level, it's like, it's just such, it's such a, such a refreshing. Then I could just make things that I want to make. It wouldn't be like some. Now I have to take jobs to pay bills, but once I get to that level, it's you know, it's complete uh, creative freedom. But that saying, it takes ten years to become an overnight success. If you go to my Instagram right now, you just find me. You're just gonna be like. Oh, this dude had all these thousand dollar cameras and he works at NFL players and his life is so cool. 
they they didn't see the seven years before this. They just come and see and Instagram's a highlight reel, Twitter, all those things are just glorified and they, they get blown out of proportion most of the time. It's just my best stuff on something. But it's I still got three years to go before I think it's gonna really click and it's like if you give up at year two or year four, or what if I give up next year and don't reach year ten? So um, I just that quote is so dope. Ten years to become overnight success. That's a good one. That's a good one. And which I would love to talk about what's the once you get not only once you get ten years, but what does the next ten years look like? So what's the goals look like? I want to talk about that in a moment. But let's talk business real quick because I think so transparency. You know, I'm, I'm stepping into entrepreneurship, right? Like this is maybe. Uh, the mindset maybe has been there, but actually having an LLC and putting it down. <laughs> that LLC process, man, shout out to my best friend, his name Scott McConnell. He walked me through that thing. Setting up an LLC, it isn't hard these days, but it's it's a process. I didn't even know what LLC was before I made one. Like I was like, wait, what it, what does this even mean? Like <laughs> so, I would love to hear just some of the things, like either for sure the lessons, but even like the the areas or the challenges that you are facing as an entrepreneur, especially since, because um, I think it's something you mentioned prior too is, you know, you you've had the the nine to five job, you've done that, you've done that piece, but then this is this is different. Like obviously, this is real different. Yeah. So there's a couple questions there, but to, to sum it up, to just you know, what what are you learning as an entrepreneur? Uh, what are some challenges that you're facing? And then what's like, how have you seen the difference between? Uh, the, the nine to five grind and just the, the entrepreneurship grind. Okay, I'm gonna start with the last question. Yeah. With being an entrepreneur, if you don't make, if you don't go out there and, and find a job or create something or work hard, you don't get paid. You don't make money because with the nine to five, and I, for anyone who has a nine to five, I, I mean, I did too, I love that. There is, there is a place for that. Like I'm, I never like entrepreneurs sometimes bash people that have nine to five. I think that's so. I think that's really bad. Having nine to five is stable. Being an entrepreneur, it's always a roller coaster. You could be, you could be Mark Zuckerberg. He probably has days where he loses millions of dollars, and those are bad days for him. But up and the ups and downs with this entrepreneurial thing. I mean, it's a, it's really a roller coaster. Sometimes you will be at the top. And you're having so much fun and things are so good and then i mean you hit the bottom you're going through the water like it gets rough and the only person that can change that unless you have a business partner is you so that's that i mean that's the last question it's you really got to do it because if, if you don't there's there's no one that's going to do it for you no one's gonna no one's gonna motivate you to make money for your company like why <laughs> unless you know unless, it, unless it's your significant other or your friend and even then it's like you have to do it. It's your company. It's your brand. It's your whatever you're trying to do. You got to be the one to like take ownership for that. Yes, sir. Uh, what was that second question? Second question. So, so talk about the lessons you're learning as an entrepreneur, which I think you hit quite a bit about it in your in, in that statement. But just if you have any additional lessons that you're learning, and just what some challenges that you're facing being an entrepreneur. Uh, challenges, uh, taxes, man. So for me. When you start making money, and I'm not, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not there yet to that that crazy like this dude's got a whole bunch of cash. But when you start making money, you gotta pay taxes. I didn't know that. I was just making money. Listen, y'all got y'all got hear me on the podcast. I was out here getting money. I'm just spending it, paying people, paying bills, and then they were like, "Yo, you gotta pay uh, us too." Who's us? The government. <laughs> so, so taxes is something that like I'm still I'm still learning taxes. I'm still figuring out how to do that, how to navigate that. Um, and that's that's like and that's with everything. Taxes, how to manage people, how to for me I do I work with uh, you know videos and photos. My videos and photos could be worth a lot of money. So how do I protect that stuff? Uh, how do I get people to do work for me and then I own their work? So like when I work for the NFL, they own the things that I do. So b- before I work for the NFL, I own everything. And like, like, it just can start to get so technical of like what's yours and what's not and copyrights. And I don't know any of these things, right? I have to learn everything, everything I'm talking about, I have to learn it and then figure it out and then start doing it. Or you could just hire someone to do it, but if you're an entrepreneur, you usually don't have the money to do that. So everything in your business, you have to figure it out. And that's been the biggest struggle is you know, figuring out how to be uh, a manager, you know, a, a leader, a CEO, because 
it, Lamar Griffin Films isn't just me anymore. It's me, it's Gabe, my wife Dora is starting to do photography. I hire shooters to go, because now that I have a daughter, I don't want to go shoot um, you know, 10 football games a week. But if 10 people want me to come, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hire eight guys. They're going to go shoot it. I got to pay all those guys. I got to get W9s. I got to make sure they all get paid. I got to make sure that they give that footage to me. I got to make sure they're not using that footage for something random because now it's my footage. And that's that's eight different people. And that's just one weekend. So it can get it can get crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to the, the learning <laughs> processes. The, the continual just like staying on top of things like that sounds uh, that's it's challenging obviously because it is like you said this is your business this is your brand <laughs> if you want to make it go you got to make it you got to make it go yes and, sir and bro that's it, i can see that being which by me seeing that means i'm literally feeling that <laughs> like i can see that being uh, uh, uh you know challenging daunting but what keeps you going? Like, what keeps you? What What is the inspiration behind uh, still going through this path and wanting to continue on this journey? Um, before my daughter, just not wanting to fail. I didn't have a dad, and I, I was like, that's something that's big with me. Like, I just I have father issues. Like, I'm I'm a grown man now, and I still like, man, I hate my dad. Like, and I'd probably be like that forever. So I just always want to succeed, kind of just to to not fail, like I just didn't want to fail just no, no matter what I was doing in life. But once my wife, not even when my daughter got here, once my wife told me she was pregnant, that changed everything. Like I don't, my life isn't for me anymore. Like when I die, I hope two things. I hope I did something for the world that keeps going. So I hope I put something in the world or touch someone that it just keeps going. And then two, I hope my daughter's taken care of. Hopefully my family's taken care of. So now every time I'm on the field or every time I'm doing a job, and also for entrepreneurs, now that I have a daughter, I raise my prices. I was doing work for, let's say I'm doing a video for $500. Once my daughter was born, I'm like, I can't do this work for $500 anymore. It needs to be $800. I probably should have been charging $800 before, but I was just scared. But now that I have a daughter, I'm like, okay, what's the going rate for these videos? Oh, it's $800. So I was undercutting, undercutting the market before just thinking that my you know i was just scared to charge that price but once i knew i had to provide and take care of my daughter i finally raised my prices because time is valuable now like i don't want to work i don't want to work 40 hours granted i probably work 80 hours in a week but i want to work smarter and not harder like i work hard too but if i can make same amount of money in five hours that i can make in 10 that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> oh man i love that you said yeah Putting something out there in the world that's continue and making sure that your family and your daughter more particularly is taken care of once you're gone, bro. Like that's again, that speaks to the legacy piece. That speaks to the legacy piece, man. I mean, people calling you up saying, "Hey, we still got Wi-Fi." You know? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that could be it. And that, that's really what it comes down to is just really wanting that just to be in the world because, um, you know, with Kobe and Nipsey. Um, I mean, there's so many more people that I'm missing. Uh, my my good friend, his name was Bryce Porter. Some of these people that are leaving us that we didn't think was going to leave us, it just, it makes you realize it can happen to any of us. Like any of us at any time, it could, it could be the, it could be the, your final, your final day. And you don't know when that's going to come. So for me, I don't want to be like, I'm living every day like it's my last. But really in my mind, I'm like, I don't know when it's coming to an end. So I'm just going to try to do as much good, do as much work love my daughter as hard as I can, love my wife as hard as I can, because I don't know how long I got. So I'm gonna, and, and Nipsey and Kobe and, and everyone has passed, like, they, you know, they're watching over us, but that's just a reminder of like, you don't you don't know. So you gotta, you gotta go hard today because you don't know what tomorrow brings. That's true, that's true. Make the most of every opportunity. That's for sure, that's for sure, man. So, oh, okay. We could we could be talking. About hey, that. we could go. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple things I do want to hit on. Uh, one is, like I mentioned, what's the you know, we're we're striving to ten, right? You're trying to get to the ten year mark, which is important, it's valuable. But like you, as you just articulated, the legacy is an important thing. So we're looking beyond ten years. So when it comes to the market for films, what are some of the goals that you have set for yourself that you're that you're wanting to obtain uh, within the next uh, three or five years? So the. The biggest thing for me right now, and it goes back to, you know, when I was talking to you, learning, 
I was like, how do I become a professional photographer? How do I become a professional videographer? Well, you become a professional when people pay you to do something. Once people pay you to do something, you can call yourself a professional. Maybe that's wrong. Someone get, but like if someone pays you money to come and clean their garage, you're a professional garage cleaner. Like that's that's just what it is. But long story short, I want to now make films, right? Like I love working with athletes. I love sports, and it's not just football. I just love I love telling stories. I've I figured out it's not sports. I love sports, but I just like telling stories. So now I, I want to become a filmmaker. So now we go back to the photography and videography thing. How do I become a filmmaker? It's hard. There's so many more things I have to learn. You know, film, if I'm going to direct a, 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 I want to direct documentaries, you could have an 80 person crew. How am I going to tell 80 people what to do? I don't know right now, but I'm starting to figure it out. And once I do, hopefully I can help athletes tell their stories. And of course, you know, the last dance documentary, uh, there's so many Tiger King, like documentaries are starting to be this thing where it's like, it's cool to see, like to look back on history. And I would love to do that with some of, some of the players I know now. It could be with you, it could be with my daughter. Like I just want to document people's story and tell it in a way that, you know, we can watch on film. So I guess the answer to that question is, I just, I want to make movies at this point. And <laughs> I'm a long way off from that, but the goal is to make movies Preferably with athletes, but just to tell stories with people that have stories that should be heard. Love it. I love it. Hey, man, you're, you're planting <laughs> that flag way out there and you're going to get it. <laughs> I love it. Again, it continues to speak to the persistence, the legacy, the the drive, figuring it out, and, and, and you know, in a sense, being relentless towards it. Like, And, and that's part of being an athlete. That's part of being an entrepreneur. You got to work through it you got to figure it out you don't know what it looks like but you know that that's that's a goal within yourself more than a dream it's a goal within yourself to take action in that space and and you're gonna and i know because i know you're gonna figure it out because you've already done the work to figure it out already to this point so this is just the next milestone that lamar could reach man it's dope so. <laughs> i'm trying yo you said the word relentless and that really just like you're right like us playing sports, and, and you don't have to play sports. If you're listening to this, you don't, you didn't have to play sports. But you have something unique about you that makes you you. With mo I don't want to say most. With with a lot majority of athletes, we're competitive. We got to drive. We want to get. You know, we want to. We pushed after things. That's how I am in every, You know, in my business too. It's like you like relentless. You said like you can't because once you stop, it's over. Like if if two guys are pushing each other and they keep pushing. And one guy's like, I'm just gonna take a little break. The guy that didn't stop's gonna win. And that's how, that's literally how life is. So you gotta try to apply that in everything. So when you say relentless, man, you, t you touched up, that's the word. Yeah, yeah, gotta be, gotta be, man. Because um, a lot of times not nowadays, it's, it's the one who lasts the longest will see the success, you know? And, 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 and I think part of that too is deciding, okay, for myself, and you know, what is what does the success look like? And I'm, am I willing to be relentless or make the sacrifices to get there? Obviously, to the point where it's beneficial for everybody, not like putting up 80 hours to be away from our kids and you know wife and kids. But like, if we if we if there's a mutual agreement, and understanding that this is the goal that we're going to try to attain, you got to go. <laughs> you got to yeah. do it. Make it happen. That's yeah. legit. Yeah. So two questions I got for you. Um, last two questions. One, you made a comment earlier that you know you, you we're young black men in this professional space, right? And, and even in your context, this is an area that may not necessarily have many black men in it or black people in it, right? Talk a little bit about that dynamic of just what is it like to be one of the few young black men in this space, and how 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 has that dynamic changed for you? Has it changed for you? Just what does that what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, even like when you said that, like, so from what right now, I'm a photographer, videographer for the NFL. The NFL is a, the players are majority black. When I walk into an arena, nine times out of 10, uh, Las Vegas, Denver, uh, Tampa Bay, I'm trying to think all the stadiums I've been in, but uh, 49ers, I'm literally the only black photographer. Like, and I'm not exaggerating. Like there's, you know, none against anyone else. There's, you know, 20 white guys, two Asian guys, and me. And I'm just looking around like, 
this is crazy because I mean it's it's not those guys' fault. They didn't do anything, but the kids from my, my neighborhood, they're not trying to become photographers for the NFL. They're trying to make it to the NFL, just like I was. Most of those kids don't make it, just like I didn't make it. Some of them do, but just to see that, it's just like wow. Like I'm really doing something that you know a lot of people that look like me aren't doing. And to add on to that, uh, the Buccaneers had a game recently where they played. It was the first all-black officiating crew in NFL history. The NFL has been around for a hundred years. This is the first time it was all-black referees. You know who else was there that was black? Me. And then this time there was another black photographer. So there was two black photographers, all black referees. I'm pretty sure there was a black sound guy. And I'm talking black because in the NFL, these aren't these aren't roles that you see black people in. Referees are usually white. So to have an all black referee crew for the first time in 100 years is mind blowing. But also I'm taking pictures, snapping pictures like for the NFL, which is also mind blowing because there's not a lot of black people that take pictures. I mean, this stuff, the equipment costs a lot of money. You know, most people go to school for this. I didn't go to school. I learned it. So just even being in that space, it like you said, it's it's strange because I didn't have anyone to teach me. I didn't have anyone to teach me how to do photography. I had to learn it and I had to be relentless because these guys that, that are, you know, standing out here with these lenses, we're, you know, these things cost the thing, the lenses that we're using to take pictures of these players cost as much as my car cost at one point. Like my car, my, I, had, I had this little, little beat up car. The thing that these guys were taking pictures with cost more than the vehicle I was driving in. So I'm like, how am I gonna get that? Like how, like how, how am I gonna compete with this? You know, and how am I gonna compete with these guys? Well, that's simple, you just gotta figure out a way to do it. I'm not gonna buy that, I'm gonna rent it. There's always a way to figure out, you know, how to do something. You just gotta figure it out. Like I can't buy this, but maybe I can rent it. But to go back to answer the question, like being in the space and and being a even being a young black entrepreneur to, to take it away from just photography, it's so it's so different. Like when we were at Willamette, I learned a lot of things in high school, Willamette, Western. I never learned I never learned that I need that I should buy a house and not rent an apartment. Like I I would have me and my wife just bought a house. We should have probably bought a house five years ago. No one ever told like. I didn't know that I was paying, you know, when you're paying money to, when you're renting a house, you're just paying money to someone else. You should buy a house as soon as you can, as soon as you can afford it, because all your money's going, like, there's just so many little things, that, like the taxes thing that I was telling you about. When I talk to you now, and of course you know, because you're educated, like, hey, Ray, make sure you stay on top of your taxes. All right, man, I appreciate that. So now you're already way ahead of where I was when I started. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you already know this. Like, oh, let me plan for this. When I started, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to make money and kind of figure it out as I go. But once you start making it, there's so many things like, you know, sending emails and following up with people and keeping a good rapport. No one's there to teach me that. I'm just learning it just off of trial and error. And it's usually I fall on my face and then I get back up and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fall again. But but I, you got to fall first to be able to get up, and I felt falling a lot of times. But to answer that question, it's 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 um, rare territory, like the space that we're in. Even even this, like having a podcast, like that's I mean now there's more black people that have podcasts. But if you go look at the numbers, like my homeboys don't know how to set up a podcast. They don't know how to you know jump on a Zoom call, and I'm not discrediting my people but my, my boys in florida they, they're not on zoom like they i would call them like yo you want to have on zoom bro what's that they should know what it is but like they don't know what it is like the guys in my city they're not on zoom yeah 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 bro like the the already our lives and trajectory on have we been on is a you know being trailblazers for the next generation for for others, right? And then even and even just the concept of being trailblazer is a little bit uh, facetious or whatever. But because there've been people before us, right? Folks who you know, giants that the the giants who have been before us that we're standing on the shoulders of pond who carved away for us to go to Willamette, right? We yeah. considered to play college football at a, at that institution and to be in the position where you know we're we're uh, we're amazing households we have great families you know we're, we're changing the family tree in, in some context when we talk about the way that we parent or the way that we are husbands and fathers uh to our to our children or to our wives and children right like we, we already have that mentality where because of our past and because of those who have made great links in our past we're able to be in this position to move forward but then we're continuing to carry the torch 
for the next generation we're continuing to trailblaze to allow more black officiants and more or black photographers and videographers in the space or more more podcasts done by you know young black men on college campus like how dope would it have been if we would have been doing this when we were in college that would have been amazing but we didn't we didn't we didn't know like we never seen no one i've never seen anyone do a podcast i literally didn't even listen to podcasts until my uh, one of my friends was like yo you should check out podcasts i'm like i what are podcasts like i <laughs> now now that would seem strange if someone you know if you listen to this podcast you're like wait how, how didn't you know but they weren't a thing back then yeah 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 so i think what 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 is amazing is for those who are listening especially those in the next generation like one um the the, the fields continue to open like the view is opening up you have the opportunities and capabilities to take action in these areas that you are interested in even if you haven't heard about it you can take the steps to learn about it and get into the space and know and connect it with people, especially in the internet nowadays. Connect with folks who look like you who are in that space and talk to them and say, "How did you get to this point, Lamar? How did you become a photographer?" You know, I do that you? all the time, man. I I will ask anyone any question. Like I'm I'm in people's DMs like the right way. Like I I will ask it. Like I always ask directors, black directors, white directors. Hey, how did you make this movie? Uh, so right now I'm trying to be a director. I'm friends with uh, a guy who made Kevin Durant's documentary. If you go watch the documentary uh, made by John, he made the uh, documentary with KD. He's kind of telling me how to do it. He's mentoring me. I didn't know John. I just asked him on Instagram, hey man, I would love to know how you do, do this. He just wrote back, cool, call me. It was that simple. And it doesn't happen like that all the time, but I mean, I, I wrote to 15 people, three of them wrote back, and now I'm just learning from those three. <laughs> <laughs> take the action take initiative do it oh this is good this is good so the last question i have because i know we just talked about just to let the next generation piece um and and i, I would hope that anybody listening to this where regardless of where you are in the world you found some gems i mean lamar was dropping some heat uh from his life lessons and i appreciate you dropping some of that man in this question i really want you to uh just to give your parting wisdom to the next generation what advice would you have to that college student who is sitting in you know yeah, right now it is January of 2021. They're about to head into their second semester of their year um, and considering their career. What are some of the, what advice would you give to that college student today? Um, for anyone listening to this, the college student, anyone just, just hearing this, why not you? And I always think about that for me, like why can't it be you? If you wanna get a new car in five years, why can't you? If you wanna you know, write a book like I do, why can't you? If you know, if you want to go ask that that girl that you want to date, nothing. She's either going to say yes, she's going to say no. You're either going to get that new car, you're not going to get that new car. But why? Why can't you have that? And then also the other thing is, like I spoke to earlier, we don't know how much time we got, so we really got to make the most out of every day and every moment because you just ne you don't ne you don't know what's what's going to happen. And then the last one, the best one I think, is. Why can't, oh, where was I going with that? Dang, I was trying, I was trying to drop that gem. I want to make sure I get it. You still drop it. No. Oh yeah, yeah, that was it. So it was, it was, it's based off of what I was saying. The last one I got for you guys is it only takes one like yes or right moment to change your entire life. One thing can happen that can change your whole trajectory to go, you know, skyrocket. And if you stop too soon, you'll never get to that one thing or that one yes, or that one, you know, you get that job at, you know, so-and-so, which allows you to get a car, which allows you to, if you stop too soon, you'll never get to that. But it only takes one moment to change your life forever for the better. But you gotta make sure you work towards that moment. That's what I was looking for. Boom. <laughs> hey, man, this has been a phenomenal time. I appreciate you hopping on the podcast, sharing your wisdom, sharing your lessons, and everything that you've gone through, bro. Um, be sure for the listeners, I'll drop the uh, Let's Talk More Do uh, podcast Instagram account as well as whatever you can find the podcast, listen to that because he does put out some phenomenal stories talking to the folks that he's connected with uh, in the sports world, especially. But even just not, not, I mean, you have some people who are yeah. um, movie stars, you have some people who Somewhere. are models you mean you got you got some folks on the podcast too hearing their story and how they got to that point so i'll definitely drop that but where can people find you to learn more about you 
Man, if anyone listens to this podcast, connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram is my name, Lamar with the E, L-E-M-A-R, Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, Films, Lamar Griffin Films. Uh, shoot me a DM. Let, let me know that you came from Rage Podcast. Um, they, they can connect with me there. And I'm always, always reading my DMs. I get a lot of them, but I, I'm always trying to respond back to people, especially that want knowledge. So that's, that's my biggest thing in 2021 is doing what you're doing for me right now, giving people a platform to, you know, just share their story. I love it. I love it. Oh, and I'll also be sure to drop, uh, put your link to your ebook that you have out as well. That's well, would you talk, talk a little bit about your ebook too? Yeah, man. That So writing that ebook was a great step for me to, you know, writing my full book. So if you guys ever want to shoot photography and I made this book, uh, it's an ebook, 15 page ebook. I put everything I could into it. Everyone was telling me I should charge all this money for it. It's only $10. It's going to stay $10. Y'all might catch a sale where it's like $5, but it's I think it's inexpensive, but I think the book is worth $50, but it only costs 10. It's how to shoot sports photography, but you know, things that I say in the book can be applied to regular photography. And I made it as if my mom was picking it up and was reading it and she had no clue about it. So if you pick this thing up, you might be able to to take some things from it and be like, "Okay, this is what I need to get out and go shoot sports or go shoot people, go shoot your kids. And it, and, that, and I really just made it for that. I'm going I'm to do a more advanced book later, but this one is just beginner level, like camera lenses, settings. Like it really helps you like navigate. And I also got a couple of my friends who are professional photographers to give advice. So, I mean, the, the ebook is just filled with gems, man. Gems, biblical gems. He, Lamar Griffin, all he does is drop gems. So. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you being on the podcast, bro. Thank you so much. For being hey, we got to get you on my podcast soon. For all your listeners, make sure y'all come over to my podcast because I'm gonna get Ray on my podcast this month. I gotta hold myself accountable. We're gonna we're gonna get on the schedule here pretty soon, and I'm, I'm gonna get you on my podcast and hear your thoughts. <laughs> appreciate it, appreciate it, bro. Well, hey, man, have a good night. Appreciate all right, bro. You. Take care, Ray. Sure. Hey, let's go. Hey, man. Thank you. <laughs>